It's been a while since we spent some time alone. And when we do, it's in situations like this. I wish I could see you. You could always see me. Why are you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder? Uh-huh. Come on. You're imagining things. Am I? Then why are you following me? Afraid I was going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss? I just assumed it was a woman. I can arrange that. So beautiful. It's only because I'm so in love. No, <laughs> no, it's because I'm so in love with you. So love has blinded you. <laughs> well, that's not exactly what I meant. That's probably true. I love you. Hi, everyone. This is Adriana, your host of Starships on the Clashing Sabers Network. Uh, I know it's been a minute since my last episode, uh, so I'm glad to be back. And this time, we're not actually talking about um, a particular ship, uh, but we're actually going to be talking about something um, related to shipping and something I think it's very important to talk about when it comes to shipping. Um, especially now that uh, we have social media and um, the creators of Star Wars are more um, not necessarily looking specifically at what's going on in social media, but definitely they they see it and they know it exists. And basically, we're going to be talking about queer baiting, especially uh, queer baiting as it relates to the sequel trilogy. Um, I don't know about anybody else but I was not around in the for the original trilogy so I don't know really uh if queer bending existed then or if it did what kind of issues it, it presented then uh but definitely uh lots to talk about with queer baiting with the sequel trilogy and I am by no means an expert but I have someone on here who I've known her for a really long time. She's very educated. She's the person that I go to when I'm like, hey, how do I say this without sounding like an idiot? Um, she's one of my best friends, my one of my longest uh, running friends, and her name is Liz. Say hi, Liz. Hi, everybody. I'm Liz. Um, sorry if I sound a little sick. Uh, it's only because I am a little sick. So I'll try to do my best to make sure I don't you know, ruin anything by coughing a lot. So, uh, hi, Adriana. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm pretty excited to talk about something that, like, has affected my life in most of the fandoms that I've been in. Actually, I'm going to say all of them, except maybe Glee, actually. Glee's the only one that really delivered with their <laughs> gay content, unfortunately. But That's sad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But pretty much all the rest of them have had, like, a healthy amount of queer baiting. So this is something that, you know, is near and dear to my heart in terms of how angry it makes me when it happens. <laughs> yes. So. And, and for the record, too, like, I am not queer. I am straight. So um, that's why I think it's very important to have someone who is not a heterosexual talk about this because obviously it affects... Um, queer people differently than it would straight people. It yeah. Probably doesn't affect straight people at all. <laughs> yeah, it's um, 
for straight people, it affects them in terms of how they see gay relationships. Um, and like with queer baiting, what it does is it keeps the gay relationships as like a joke or as like a secret. And that impacts the way that straight people um, see gay couples in real life. Um, and I am, you're right, I'm not straight, I'm bisexual. And it, so it really does like have an impact on my representation and like where I get to see myself and other characters. And um, so when your sexuality is a joke for a lot of, you know, in a lot of different media, it hurts and it impacts the way that you see yourself. So yeah, you're right. Queer baiting affects, you know, non-straight people in a much different way, but I think it does have an impact on everybody. So. Oh, well, see, I'm already learning something new. <laughs> um, so, so before we get really into the, the harmful stuff, um, I wanted to uh, define queer baiting. I'm sure there's lots of people who don't even know what it is. Um, and so, yeah, like personally, what do you, I, I mean, I have the definition pulled up uh, from fan lore, but what do you think it means? Um, for what I see as queer baiting, it's when um, a content creator intentionally gives a character either like explicit or non-explicit um, characteristics, but doesn't actually go so far as to saying this character is gay or this character is bi or and they um or this character is a lesbian and what they do is they just hint at you know they make the character say funny one-liners that imply that they're not straight or they put their characters in compromising situations that would indicate that they're not straight but they and then they turn around and give them a straight love interest or they like never confirm it on the show or yeah, that to me is what queer baiting is. It's like, and it's an extended process. It doesn't just happen over the course of like one episode or like one scene in a movie. It's something that like, and I see, I find that it happens mostly on TV or in like a movie series, right? It doesn't, it's not something that necessarily happens in like a standalone movie, but it's something that goes on for a long time. Um, and so over the course of the show, there'll be like these instances and like they just pile onto each other. And then at the end of the show, both of the people that could be in this LGBT relationship end up with straight partners. And it's just, haha, look at all these dumb gays who thought we were going to do something gay and we didn't. Ha ha ha. Jokes on them. And that's what, to me, that's what queer baiting is, which I think pretty much lines up with the actual definition. Uh, yeah. 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 So, um, according to fan lore, um, and I'll, I'll link this, um, I'll link this, uh, in the show notes for anybody who's interested to read the whole article. It's really interesting. Um, if you have a chance, you should definitely check it out. Um, basically queer baiting is a term used to describe the perceived attempt by advertisers or canon creators to draw in a queer audience and or slash fans by implying or hinting at a gay relationship that will never be actually be de depicted um queer baiting is most often but not always applied to television and film uh yeah that's that feels that's pretty much exactly like yeah what it is uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh 
some of somebody might be like, oh, well, why are you guys talking about queer baiting in Star Wars? Um, and the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because if you guys have listened to my previous episodes, you guys know that I I ship Finn and Poe. Uh, they're my ship for this for this fandom and there is a lot of queer baiting going on with this relationship um, whether people realize it or not and I wanted to highlight I wanted to highlight talk about it and um, get out like some of my frustrations that I think uh, a lot of people might also be feeling Um, and so um, for me uh, I started shipping Finn and Poe almost immediately, which is very unique for me uh, as far as the Star Wars fandom. And I know I've talked about this in the past where like before, uh, especially with the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, I didn't ship. I was kind of what I did ship was kind of already um, already canon. So like I shipped Anakin and Padme because that's what the story told me to ship you know uh so definitely shipping something like this was new to me in the Star Wars fandom obviously I've shipped other things in other fandoms oh Liz and I have shared many fandoms yeah. <laughs> uh like friends the... for like 16 years it's kind of it comes to the territory <laughs> yeah there was yeah we should talked about the Glee fandom uh there was Teen... supernatural there was uh Teen, Teen Wolf. Wolf which was honestly I feel like Teen Wolf did it like the worst like they were no you know what i lied it's marvel i feel like marvel did queer baiting with steven bucky like that it was just over like 19 movies they were like these are guys are gay and then they were like psych yeah it was yeah marvel and teen wolf were the biggest perpetrators (laughs) and like the biggest disappointments and we've had a we've had a lot of heartbreak and and so to see something similar happening in one of my in one of my biggest fandoms is it's it hurts yeah um and i can imagine i can only imagine how much it must hurt for somebody who is gay and who is really like waiting and wanting to see their themselves represented on screen um so yeah pretty much why we're here is talking about queer baiting finn and poe and what like what what are the lines that people cross um talking about uh what counts as queer baiting and then you know also talking about like what our fans going too far um and so now that we know what queer baiting is um sometimes it can be hard to read um and see so liz i've i know you're not you're in the fandom, but not in it as much as I am. Yeah. So I've linked you to some stuff and uh, I just wanted to get your take. So, um, because, because I even, I know that queer baiting is happening, but it's always not so black and white to me. Um, so like when Oscar Isaac, um, does an interview and they ask him about his, about Star Wars and he starts talking about Finn being his man. Does that count as queer baiting or is that like, what is that? (laughs) To me, to me, unfortunately it is like a form. It, to me, it feels like a form of it, especially um, if he knows that it's not going to happen, then to me it is to me, it's um, 
And because I'm not a big believer in like authorial intent, I don't think that what the author intended to do necessarily like supersedes what what can be read in the material. So that's why I have such a hard time with people who confirm a character's sexuality off screen or in an interview, which is what's happening here. you can say Oscar can say that him and Poe, him and Finn, I'm sorry, are in a relationship as often as he wants. He can shout it from the high heavens, say it on the red carpet, say it in interview after interview. But if Disney and Lucasfilms doesn't come through and deliver a canon confirmation of Poe being gay and Poe and Finn being in a relationship, then it is queer baiting. It, it might not be as intentional for him because he is just an actor and he not you know he has to do what they say they write the scripts for him and he has to deliver what they've written but if he knows that it's not going to happen then it is queer baiting it is intentionally saying things to draw in that gay audience and um it it doesn't feel as bad coming from like the actors because i know that they are very careful with their characters. I know that um, Oscar Isaac really loves Poe and, and really like has been trying. Embracing. He's embracing it. And he's, he, I feel like what he thinks he's doing is respecting the fans and, and, you know, acknowledging the fan theories and acknowledging what happens in the canon. Honestly, the jacket, we all talk about the jacket and we know <laughs> that there's, there's nothing straight about that scene if you have eyes. You don't even have to put your gay eyes on for that one. It's just there. So And and honestly, <clears throat> let's be real, like if if it was a man and a woman doing that, it, it would have been it would have been a romantic moment. It would yeah. have been acknowledged it's, as a romance. I mean, I think it's still a romantic moment yeah, regardless. We, yeah, we we all know that that's what's true about it. But yeah, so like it's just the fact that he, like, knows that that's not what's happening. We all know Disney is homophobic, and we all know that they want to distribute globally and that there's censorship rules everywhere. And so they, um, which is actually kind of a different a different subject, but because um, a lot of people think that that's queer baiting, but it's not necessarily. It just depends. But um, <clears throat> we know that after the marvel fiasco (laughs) we know that disney's not gonna give us these characters in a relationship at the end of this huge blockbuster trilogy like we we all like if they did it would be a huge like a huge surprise upset like it would be just unprecedented and incredible but we know it's not gonna happen and so that's how i feel about that one yeah and and to me like like maybe Oscar Isaac does genuinely think it would be a good idea for for Poe and Finn to be this way, but he ultimately does not have that decision. Yeah, that's not his choice to make. He can he can pitch it to them. He can scream it like I want this to happen, but at the end of the day, he does not get to make that choice for for that character. Exactly, and and that really does kind of um, it sucks because we we can see like. I mean, I, not to presume we know what they're thinking, but the way they, the way that John and Oscar riff off each other, like it gives off the impression that 
if they could, they would. Right. They would make it happen for us. Um, which it's it's still queerbaiting, but it's it's harmful because it just gives us hope that that's not going to pay off. So that's one thing, you know, them them riffing off each other, us uh, like us on Twitter, like every time John tweets about Finn and Poe, and every time Oscar does an interview, that's like, yeah, yes, they're shippers like us, they ship mm-hmm. it too. Um, but then you get to the actual official stuff, like mm-hmm. you know, where they are purposefully. I don't know if. I, I'm assuming it's purposefully mm-hmm. um, because that's the whole point of queer baiting is putting Oscar and John together for promotion. Like, yeah. we know they were on the cover of Vanity Fair together. Then just recently, there's promos going out for purchasing Rise of Skywalker tickets. And who who's standing next to each other? Yeah. John and John and Oscar. Right. Um, Daisy's off by herself. Um and you have the and they're supposed to be the 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 new sequel trilogy mm-hmm. trio. You right. know what I mean? So when you're separating them and purposely putting like John and Oscar together, like mm-hmm. especially when like the straight ship of it is Ray and Finn, which is something that if you can see it, you can see the groundwork that they've laid for that in those characters. And so if they were really trying to discourage their gay audience from thinking that Finn and Poe would get together, they would be pushing Finn and Ray. And it's really obvious that they're not doing that. And so, and you know, everything, people like to, people like to claim that stuff like that isn't intentional. Like, oh, it was just an accident. And it's like, no, literally everything that goes into a movie is incredibly premeditated and incredibly like intentional down to like posters in kids bedrooms on tv shows like every poster that you see they had to get permission to use every song that they play even in the background they had to get permission to use even a song at a party that you can't hear fully like you're outside of their house that's and they have to that's intentional everything about it is intentional and so they are it is purposeful they are purposefully doing that and it is a form of queer baiting it's a little bit less potent than what they do in like the con- the canon right in in the actual content the, but yeah it is it is intentional and it is it is frustrating because it's like they know exactly what they're doing and they yeah it's so frustrating it's so frustrating <laughs> and and you know i'm i'm a i'm gonna be a sucker for it you know what yeah. i mean i'm gonna buy that magazine because i see them on the cover yep. which i mean i did i got a vanity f- i don't I have never once in my life read a Vanity Fair issue. Hmm. And here I am getting a Vanity Fair subscription so I can have them on the cover of this magazine together and mm-hmm. be like, look at them, look at them, they're together on this magazine. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm retweeting that content onto my Twitter feed, you know, for mm-hmm. my followers to see or for people that I'm mutuals with to see. Because mm-hmm. I want to, them to see that too. And so you there's like they're they know what they're doing right and 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 i i know what they're doing and i'm falling for it anyway yeah (laughs) and and here i am just like on the inside 
feeling so conflicted because yay they're together they're together maybe there's hope Mm -hmm. but also knowing that it's not it's not gonna happen like time has shown like they mar with the marvel fiasco and steve and bucky and that whole end game with steve going back to peggy even though his characterization up to that point was like oh no steve move on go live your life i lived my life now you you go live yours and what does he do he goes back to her for no reason mm-hmm. <laughs> he he willingly goes into the past leaves his best friend the well the implications are that he leaves bucky to still suffer and that's not how his character was depicted in the previous movie so you yeah. it's it it just sucks. Yeah. And then um, you know, it and I can't I can't I'm not gonna not, you know, buy buy these things because maybe You become attached ma- to these characters yeah. and you're invested in them and they have like they're luring you in and we're falling for it at every step of the way because what other choice do we have? Yeah, and like it's maybe like maybe if we buy enough merch with them on it, and exactly. you know, they they'll 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 change their minds, mm-hmm. which they won't. They won't. It's, I mean, JJ was like when the the Force Awakens came out. JJ did an interview, and he was like, "Yeah, it's about time we had some queer representation on screen," and and but he didn't give it to us, right? It's all good for you to say that. But then if you don't give it to us, it doesn't, what's the point? It doesn't, you don't, if you're not delivering, then I, like, what am I paying you for? Yeah. I didn't order a pizza for you not to bring it to my house, but I bought your movie tickets for you to not put this canonical gay character into it. And now I'm, now I'm hungry because I don't have my pizza, you know? Now I'm, I'm bereft because I don't have this, what could be a really beautiful like gay relationship you know yeah boo and and that's and that's just the like the promo aspect we're Mm -hmm. not like if we go into the the official media like the books Mm. uh the the comics like like the merchandising (laughs) i remember triple force friday came out and i went to Disneyland because I, I'm a pass holder and I went to check out their merch and they have front and center when you walked into um, the store that comes out of um, um, what's it called? What's that ride called? Uh, oh, Star you, Tours? I was yeah, yeah, say, yeah. I don't go to Disneyland at all. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, um, Star Trader it's called. Mm. Anyways there in the front is a shirt and it's got Star Wars, the Star Wars logo on it. And in each of the letters is a character. And Finn and Poe are in the same letter. Mm-hmm. They share that letter. And I was like, here, here, my ridiculous self about to spend $30 on this ugly shirt that I don't really want, but kind of do because Finn and Poe on it next right, to each other. Right. That's, that's. It blows my mind. And I know. And I know. And I think the worst part is we all know. And we still Yeah, we all play know into exactly it. what yeah. they're doing. We all know. We let them play us. Yeah. And then um 
there's like other stuff going on like um guess who went to Barnes and Noble the day it came out to buy Choose Your Destiny a Finn and Poe adventure <laughs> a, a kids okay. a children's book a children's book I did that um guess who bought Star Wars Allegiance number 3 was it you for, it, it was me <laughs> and guess who didn't buy the first two issues because Finn and Poe were not on. <laughs> um, you know, I I saw this this these images from from that comic, you know, all over Twitter. All as I follow a lot of Finn Poe shippers, they're my mm-hmm. people, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just see it, and I'm like, oh my god, I need to get my hands on this comic just for this one, you know, little picture. And then, um, and then th- then you have. I think the biggest one of all right now is Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse. Oh, is that the one um, that just came out? It just came out. Um, I have not finished it. I, I do a lot of the audiobooks just because I'm pressed for time a lot. Um, and so I'm about one-fourth of, of my way into it. Um, but I'm not a person who really cares about spoilers, so I've seen a lot of the screen caps, you know, and... And Resistance Reborn, before they, before, to promote it, they there was a, a tweet about the author being really excited to write a scene about Finn and Poe and Poe tying, uh, helping Finn tie his tie or something mm-hmm. for a party. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I just lost my damn mind. <laughs> and, and then I get my book and I start listening to it and there's things in there like, I, I haven't gotten to this part yet, but, you know, like I said, I don't care about spoilers. There's mm-hmm. a scene specifically ri- where it writes that Finn states that him and Ray are just friends. Him and Rose are just friends. Mm-hmm. And you're like, he's having this conversation with Poe. Mm-hmm. And if Finn and Poe weren't going to be a thing or weren't supposed to be a thing, why would this conversation even need to happen? Right. You know, why does it have to happen with Poe? Why does Poe care so much about finding out if he's just friends with Ray and Rose? Right. And and of course they put it into a book. Right. Of course they're not, not going to put it in the actual film. Movie. Yeah. Right. And so it's just it's a it's a lot. That's I I personally think those are all instances of queer baiting because they're they're purposefully including this relationship and i say relationship because that's what it, it is. is it is it is a relationship Re- relationships are not always romantic they can be platonic they can be you know i have relationships with my students and in that i have built a rapport with them they they learn from me you know right. what i mean so um getting that notion that relationships are supposed to be romantic out of the way Finn and Poe have a relationship mm-hmm. and how how are these things feeding into making it not romantic you reach a certain level of 
of frustration. Like, what do I say? Um, what, what do I do? What, what, how, how do I respond appropriately when I know that they're feeding me this and I'm eating it, (laughs) even though I know it's wrong. Right. And it's such a, I don't know. It, it's so like, I'm going to reference something that happens a lot in Harry Potter, which is in JK Rowling often goes outside of canon to say stuff yeah and confirm things that were never confirmed in canon and whatever and I don't I'm not really one of those people who puts a lot of stock in um the like extra outside material that's never been something that I'm like okay it's like so I would it's it kind of sounds bad for me to say but I don't know that I would consider like the comics and the books necessarily part of the canon of the movies right I feel like it's extra content and so by allowing the the relationship between and I mean I like you said I haven't read it and I'm unlikely that I will but it seems like they're not going to be confirmed in that either so it's all just a couple of guys being dudes just a couple of dudes being guys like it's just um a way for them to further bait us they're they're baiting us with this gay couple and like it's just another a further way for them to do it more explicitly than they do in the movies because um movie makers these days like to spend a lot of time on action sequences instead of character development um blowing stuff up is really cool but you know what else is cool characters talking to each other that's cool (laughs) developing your characters that's cool and no i uh insofar as putting it into a book is you're right like people go and all they they're they're more casual fans I guess is the term that people who only see the movies are called which I don't I don't necessarily think that's true but yeah like you have some fans some people that will only ever see these movies that's me I'm probably only ever gonna see the movies (laughs) and whatever like screen caps of comics and books that I see online yeah I've been seeing a lot of it on twitter and I don't and, even follow that many Star Wars people. I follow like maybe four out of 200 of my followers are Star Wars people. So, and I see yeah. it, I see it because everybody's so excited about it because it's, it's another little piece confirming what we all feel and think. And I know that there's some people who don't ship it and who think that we're all reading too much into it, but it's, it's there for you. And I feel like those people, instead of wearing their gay eyes, they're wearing their homophobe eyes. And that's why they're not seeing it. <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like at, cer- at a certain point, though, like, and like I said, this is for me. This is one of those ships that it just immediately jumped out at me mm-hmm. because <laughs> you have these two guys that have spent like ten minutes with each other, mm-hmm. literally ten minutes with each other, and they think they're each other's dead. And then they see each other and they're running towards each other. Right. Which is a romantic thing to do in movies. Yes. 
people who love each other running towards each other in slow motion. Honey pee, um, that's 100%. Yeah, and then you have Poe being keep it it suits you and biting his lip yeah that's that's not a that's, that's not, not a straight thing to do that's not a do I, I have never once ever been like oh liz you look good in that jacket and bit my lip because I mean, like you I should i look good but <laughs> i mean no you do look good but yeah. i wouldn't bite my lip because that implies something more you it know implies what I mean? something different than just a friend being like oh you look nice today yeah right or like oh you can keep this shirt that i let you borrow because it looks better on you right that's like a different thing than keep the jacket it suits it suits you you. bites my lips bites his lips seductively so you know it's sexy yeah um and so yeah it's it's very we see that Mm -hmm. we see it and for me I can only read it the one way. Mm-hmm. And if you don't read it that way, I'm like, well, you're blind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, if but- you don't read it that way and you're listening to this podcast, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it's different. Like, because it, it's not, it's not, here's this book that maybe only, I don't know what the statistics are, I'm but only a ha- ha- maybe only half the fandom is going to know about or read about. Yeah, maybe you only know? like you know a small percentage. Four out of ten people are going to read it. You know, yeah, and yeah, we're pulling these numbers out of our butt. B- yeah, BT dubs, but but I don't know but anything about statistics. Yeah, but <laughs> math. We we don't do math. <laughs> I barely passed my business stats class. Like, please don't ask me to do any statistics. <laughs> I know that statistics Um, are all subjective and that everything about them is lies. So honestly, who's to say our stats aren't right? Yeah. But let's be real honest. You have kids that you have younger kids. It's Star Wars is is primarily a fandom. It's it's true for Star Wars is for kids, you know, but then you have adults and stuff. Half the how how many fans are males that are like, no, it's not going to happen. That's gross. And they're not going to read this book. You know, kids are not, not all the kids are going to be reading this book. So, so you really do have a, a smaller number of people who are going to actually read this book right. and, and be like, yes, this is another thing just to affirm what I see on screen. Right. And, and it's like, okay, they could have chosen to include something like this in the film. Mm-hmm. And they but didn't. That, and they didn't. Um, so it's... it's It sucks. <laughs> and it's Yeah, and it's with that intentionality, like I said, about how, like, everything in movies is intentional. Like, it's with an intentionality that they're doing this. They're specifically choosing to not deliver on this and they're just doing what movie companies have been doing for you know ever they're just using our money to bankroll their projects while never giving us like our return they're not giving us the product that we want to pay them for but we keep hoping and that's why we keep giving them our money you know what i didn't i only seen the Jedi one one time and I'm still gonna go see this movie in theaters probably twice depending so you know they're gonna get my gay dollars (laughs) and it's interesting because uh you mentioned something about like 
uh, fandom, like, oh, you're reading too much into this. And that's actually another talking point that I, that's conveniently next on (laughs) the outline that I did. So, so let's talk about that for a second. So, um, if you are in the Finpo fandom, mm-hmm. you see a lot of like whether it be on Tumblr, Twitter, a lot of GIF sets, um, a lot of photos that are like, oh, look, this is Han and Leia. Mm-hmm. And look, here's Finn and Poe in the exact same like mm-hmm. like position. Right. And the same thing is happening. It's a parallel. Like it must be it must be like going to be canon. Um and so how much of that is us how much are we reading too much into these things um are we is it okay to read too much into that into that like because we because these parallels are obviously there right and i think part of that could be like to give these queer baiters the benefit of the doubt which i don't think they deserve but you know just for the sake of fairness I feel like with a with a a series that has as much of like a beloved in um, initial content, like the original trilogy is still you know far and away the the best of them in my opinion. Although really, the Force Awakens was so good, but um, like um, I feel like they would want to pay respects and they would want to. Um, put little things in there that do parallel the original trilogy um, and part of that could be paralleling Han and Leia's relationship but why like the only reason I can think of that they would do it is that clearly Ray is the Luke character and so um, Han and Leia are the other people in the trilogy and they get together. So maybe, and this is like a huge reach on my part, this is me being kinder to them than they will ever be to me. Maybe why they push Finn and Poe together and give them these Han Leia parallels is because they are giving Rey kind of like Luke's part of the story, right? And that's the only reason I could think of that they would be giving them these specific parallels because if they wanted it to be Finn and Ray, they would give those parallels, those moments to Finn and Ray. Finn and Ray. But they don't. They give those parallels to Finn and Poe, and maybe they're foolishly, misguidedly thinking that they're doing what the fans want because that because the original trilogy is held with such high regard, but when they actively chose to have two boys and the a girl with the girl as the main character because they did that was an intentional choice they chose to base the trilogy on ray and ray's journey they must have just forgotten that they needed to have a romantic subplot and not that you have to right like one of no you don't you don't have to do that one of the reasons i i think love pacific rim And one of the reasons I love Pacific Rim is that what Raleigh and Mako have is so strong. And I do think that they have a romantic relationship. Like, I do think that they really love each other in a romantic way, but it's not at the forefront of the story. And I feel the same for The Winter Soldier. That movie works so well because it doesn't have any extra romantic subplots. The, The main romance of it is Steve and Bucky, but The Winter Soldier is not a romance movie in that in that way like that what drives steve's actions in that movie is that he loves bucky right but it's not a romantic subplot in that same way so like 
Um, so like maybe that's what happened. Maybe they just were like, oh, oh no, we have to have we have to have a romance because that's what the that's what the trilogies before us have done. But they like they were like, okay, so we can take this romance and give it to these guys, but we're all hetero homophobic people, so we didn't realize that they were gonna think it was gay. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. But it's still like it's a huge reach, and it's still me giving them a lot more credit than they deserve. Yeah, and <laughs> and I I don't I feel like I I feel like that's being generous because I would never think that they would give that purposefully give that to to males. Yeah. Um, especially because social media is a thing now. People are very loud mm-hmm. in what they they ship. Um, mm-hmm. It's not something like maybe before um, creators didn't know, actors didn't know. You right. Know? All they had was and, fan mail that they received by you know the thousands, but now you can authors are more easy to reach than ever before. You can. Yeah. I mean, I know people who've gotten into Twitter arguments with Maggie Stiefvater, who wrote The Raven Cycle. Like, I know people who have been, you know, like, blocked by Nick Spencer, the one who wrote the Nazi Cap trilogy or series or whatever. Like, you can reach the authors if you say something loud enough. They will hear you. And if you have your timing right, they'll be like, "Um, okay, what are you talking about? Let's get into a 20-minute argument. So it's not like they don't know. Yeah, and especially like, like, going. How many supernatural conventions did we go to, mm-hmm. and did we cringe every time they asked, um, like shipper questions, shipper questions? Because we um, all know, we all know that the only person on that show who's not a raging homophobe is Misha Collins. <laughs> <laughs> True, um, and so it's just, it's just. That being said, <laughs> is it is it are we reading in too much into it? Is it on is it our fault? I no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't like given what again, I'm not super into the Star Wars fandom. I have a healthy appreciation for the original trilogy and a soft spot for the prequels, even though they were not great movies. Those were the Star Wars movies I grew up watching, so they do hold a soft spot for me. But, like, I don't think it's our fault. I don't think that... I think that sometimes people get a little too wild with it. I think that they um, overreact to what we're seeing. But I don't think that what we're seeing is... I don't think we're reaching. I don't think we're grasping at straws. I don't think we're seeing things that aren't there when it comes to this relationship. I think it's all there. And I think some people are just too extra about it. But I think for the most part... It we're all pissed off because what we're seeing is there and we are being told that we're reading too much into it when you don't have to. If you yeah. just, if you made Poe a woman or Finn a woman, you wouldn't have to pretend that this wasn't a romantic relationship, right? It just would be. And you can say that you want like healthy male relationships all you want, but what I would prefer over healthy male friendships is healthy male romantic relationships like that's what I would that's what I would want um, any day over it and that would is always going to be more revolutionary right so no I don't think the fans are reading too much into it and and let's be clear we don't need movies that show a healthy male friendship because 
those exist and and not yeah. necessarily healthy but there are buddy comedies right, you right. know and and these are these are people who bo- guys being friends with each other on screen and it's very explicitly clear that they are not right, gay right um so we don't need those we have those right. in fact it's it may be could you is it a reach to go for that whole toxic masculinity thing like this you have this guy right he is he is he is a leader mm-hmm. in the in the resistance and he is a tough manly dude mm-hmm. he's a hothead he he knows how to shoot a gun he knows right. how to fly a ship right yet he can be also soft and have these moments right. with this other guy you know right and and like is it is it people not wanting to read into that because they're afraid? Yeah, I think of seeing that I on screen <laughs> with with the people who push back against it. I think it is like just a denial. I think people as the LGBT community grows in its like in how vocal they are and as um, LGBT rep grows in media, as we have more and more of these movies about lgbt people just living their lives um i would like to see more of that by the way i would love to see more stories about gay people just being gay and not it centering on their coming out coming out or or their gayness or whatever but that's beside the point but um i think that for people who who refuse to see it they're just like homophobic even if they are like i would never be mean to a gay person and i would never use this slur or that slur or whatever i think homophobia is one of those things like racism and sexism that's just ingrained in our society it's rewarded in our society so I think it's easy for people who are who are homophobic and may not realize it to just be like well you guys are overreacting and and you know this is just a manly man and they are you know, using that they're kind just of bros. yeah they're using that kind of masculinity to explain away the relationship that they have when it's you know clear even my mom saw it (laughs) and my mom is not you know my mom's not a homophobe in that she has several children that are not straight and my youngest sibling is non-binary so like she's trying and she's not you know outwardly homophobic but even my mom who's in you know in her 50s and grew up on the original trilogy was like aren't those guys are they what's going on there and i'm like mom you and me both (laughs) (laughs) all right mom get on board (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's a you make really good points and i went to college for this i'm so so i'm so happy that you (laughs) did this with me because you sometimes it's hard to put things into words and i feel like you're always so eloquent yeah thanks I know that you know that I have a degree in literature and feminist studies, so like this is my jam. This is my wheelhouse. I'm glad you didn't try to have me on here to talk about like physics or something. Oh, I would, I would never listen. <laughs> All right, digression. I am a teacher and I teach special ed, but I teach um, elementary, primary, first and second grade. Mm-hmm. The most, the most math we do is like count. Uh, double digit addition and subtraction with regrouping (laughs) like that's it 
Yeah. Like, and I literally have forgotten everything else. Yeah. Like the other day, like the other day, my cousin's like, here, help me with my calculus homework. Yeah, and I was right. like, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> calculus? I what realized, is that? Like, like two summers ago, I realized I had forgotten how to do division. <laughs> like I was trying to divide something and I didn't have my phone near me because I was like, okay. So what happened was I was trying to teach myself how to do algebra again. Like I was trying to relearn algebra and the algebra for dummies the algebra two for dummies textbook was like, okay. And then you divide this. And I was like, Oh, do I, (laughs) (laughs) are you sure about that? Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, I went to school for this kind of stuff. And it, even though I graduated a couple of years back, it's still something that like is dear to me as a bisexual woman and as a woman of color, you know, this is, and the fact that Finn and Poe are both men of color is not lost on me. Yeah. And it's like, it would be so nice to see an iteration an interracial relationship that isn't half white it would be so nice (laughs) and where they're both like men yeah and they're just together yeah just chilling let them hold hands yeah let them fight this war together and then retire to yavin and you know be happy be happy yeah (laughs) and that be something I wish I wish with all like if I had a million dollars I would give all those million dollars (laughs) um and so I know we had touched on it at the beginning of the the episode Mm -hmm. about why it's harmful yeah um and you know we've touched on it as we go through like what is queer baiting are we crossing a line Mm -hmm. um but what are the like the biggest things that you see that are just that just hurt I think one of I think one of the reasons okay so we talked about how it changes the perception that straight people have of gay relationships and it it affects the way that LGBT people see themselves in media and they see their relationships and their identities as a joke but um and like ultimately I feel like queer baiting is harmful because it relies on stereotypes and it reinforces stereotypes and that's why it reproduces this like idea that you know they can just everybody can just be friends that there's just we don't need to have any gay representation because they're just platonic friends and it re and those stereotypes reinforce like not seeing yourself represented if you are a member of the LGBT community. And so like at the root of it is these homophobic and transphobic stereotypes and that all the like end results of queer baiting just reinforce those stereotypes and reinforce those stereotypes. And it's harmful to everyone. I'm not usually one of those people that's like, well, what about the streets? What about men? But in this case, queer baiting is, it really negatively impacts LGBT people, but it also negatively impacts straight people. And it just makes like bigoted people more vocal about their bigotry. And it just gives a lot of room for them to continue to ignore what I know is just, you know, can be just beautiful gay love. Let Finn and Poe be gay. Like, let them be in love with each other. Like, 
and, let them hold hands. And in, yeah, let them hold hands. And and, and, and we're not we're not talking like like there does not have to be something like explicit like them making out and having a sex scene in right. Star Wars. No, we're not talking about that. Like literally, just let them hold each other's hand and like let them you know let them say I love you. Let love them, you. You know, like let them have what let them have one as let them have one good movie kiss. You know, like let them have it because that's you know that's really all that i haven't seen the original trilogy since like two christmases ago but that's really all that han Han and leia had right like they didn't have super explicit makeout scenes and they didn't have like sex scenes and all that stuff they just you know i remember they had like their i love you i know moment and they had like maybe one or two kisses throughout it but i don't remember like i don't fully remember so you would be a better person to ask about that but like (laughs) no no you're right like like they didn't have like they didn't have that also because they're, you know, fighting a war and whatever, like, <laughs> wizard, you know, like, space Hitler is bearing down on them and he's ready to take them out. But, like, you know, like, Finn and Poe don't need anything more than what you would give a straight couple. They don't need anything more than that. They need, you know, like, be safe, you idiot, I love you, like, that kind of stuff or whatever, you know, like, just little things that would put their relationship yeah firmly on the you can't deny this side because when we are queer baiting what they're doing is denying us denying us our representation and denying us the validity of our our love so yeah yeah and it's it's there's really yeah there's a there's a lot too because to say for that because i know personally um, it's not it's not the same, but we know that representation matters. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people are like, "Why do you love Poe so much?" Because and he's Latino. He's Latino, and he's Guatemalan, and I'm my grandma is Guatemalan. You know, yeah. and it's it's something that I could share with her when we went to go see this, mm-hmm. and and that's just that's just a small piece of it. You know what yeah. I mean? What about Representation, representation on all ends. Like it's fine and dandy to include more women. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine and dandy to um, ha- include more people of color. But you have to be inclusive in all areas, right. not just you. Know, you can't just pick and choose what's convenient. Right. What's right. the what's what's the easiest way to to have some inclusion and it's be like done with it. Diversity isn't a checklist. It's not, uh, and that's, like, honestly, that's what Disney has done with their princesses, is they've done, you know, like, with their movies, they've done a checklist. They're like, okay, black princess, check, you know, like, and that's not what diversity is. That's not what inclusion is. It's an ongoing project that you have to continually work at. And so when, when you're queer baiting, you're not doing that. You're pretending that you are, and you're not. Yeah. And it's it's another like another point just to go off on it is like I love Coco. Mm-hmm. I love Coco so much. It is a beautiful story. It, yeah. And I cry and my kids love it. And I've been to I went to go see Anthony Gonzalez do a little mini concert in LA and seeing all the little kids dress up singing along with these songs and seeing these little boys dress up as Miguel mm-hmm. and like seeing themselves in him. 
But ultimately, that was a Dia de los Muertos story. Mm -hmm. And we have those. Mm -hmm. You know, branch out. Branch out and tell other stories. Like, Mm -hmm. we didn't really need another story about Dia de los Muertos. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, And that's something, too, that, like, people, like, you know, they wear the costumes and they... they, Mm they wear it as a costume and stuff and so it's nice to to you know um have those notions put away but but there's more to our culture than just that one holiday right and there's more to um the, uh, the, there's more to there's more queer to the people LGBT yeah experience than what we're being shown on tv and like part of what the problem part of the problem is that Queer, I don't think queer baiting would be such a big deal if we had other like avenues for showing just good, healthy, gay relationships. And so like a lot of, maybe not Marvel, maybe not Stephen Bucky, but like there's a lot of media where if they would just put these two characters in a romantic, explicitly romantic relationship, it would be a contrast to all of the, you know, conversion camp gay stories and all of the terrible coming out stories and all of the like abusive family stories that we have that that's and that's for a long time all we had were sad gays. For a long time all we had was barrier gays. And so yeah. and like just by simply putting <laughs> these two men into a relationship where nothing bad happens to them would be revolutionary and like that's that's honestly it's so sad it's so sad but you know and so that's another you know that's another tally in the con there's no pros to queer baiting but that's another tally in the column of like why it like what it like what they could be doing with these relationships and but they're not you know like we deserve to see happy gays we deserve to see you know in this specific instance, we deserve to see Finn and Poe come out the other side of this war, like happy and, you know, maybe mostly healthy and in love. You know, that's what we deserve. Yeah. So let let Finn and Poe, um, you know, work out their PTSD together. Right. Right. <laughs> um, that just uh, that just makes me so angry because like Teen Wolf and Derek <sighs> and Styles that. That could have been. That could have been a thing. Yeah, that would have been. They nice. really. Teen Wolf really messed up like their age difference by making Derek some kind of inter- indeterminate age because they realized partway through the series that they would have made Kate a mega pedophile if they had kept Derek's like initial age initial age of a few years older than us. And then they were like, yeah. "Whoa, we got to pull back this man." She no, because then you know, ten years ago Derek would have been like twelve or whatever. <laughs> Which is, you know, another story. And that's another for another podcast. A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, Liz and I have been through some stuff together, man. We really have. We've been through, <laughs> through it. So many fandoms. We've seen it. And, and queer baiting is in all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, except for maybe Glee. But Glee was the worst. <laughs> Glee was awful in a myriad of other ways. In other ways, yeah. Um, but, Yeah. It's it's about time. It's about time. Disney has a lot of power. Yeah. And and they could very easily just say let's let's do this yeah. and and because they're greedy, they're greedy buttholes. Yep. Um they don't they don't want to. <laughs> yeah. They like and, and like and it's sad because I feel like they 
if they did it, then mm-hmm. it would be so much easier for everybody else to do yeah. it. Yeah, they're. I feel like Disney is definitely, you know, like California in a specific, in a certain aspect where what we do, the rest follows. And so you're, yeah, if Disney did something like that in a huge globally, you know, global blockbuster series, other companies would do it too. Might not immediately, but definitely the follow through would be there. And and I'm just going to throw this out there <laughs> yeah. because I'm almost positive I can't remember, like, off the top of my head because box number information doesn't really interest me that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, The Last Jedi was, did not do well in China. Like, China doesn't care about the Star Wars movies. Yeah. And I know that China puts a lot of, like, cent- like they have a lot of censorship rules mm-hmm. and stuff. So if your movie is going to flop there anyways, why do you care? Just do it. Right. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Yeah, like, it, yeah, exactly. And it's, like, it's, it's, there's, okay, so, like, I I don't remember where I read this, and I'm so sorry for the person whose intellectual property I'm I'm appropriating right now, but there's a difference between intentionally queer baiting and doing something like what they did for, um, oh, my God, Adventure Time, um, where they hinted at it, but they couldn't, like, their their like parent company wouldn't let them do it right um and then there's like just the whole like what happened with Frodo and Sam and Lord of the Rings how like I don't know if J.R.R. Tolkien just didn't realize that people were gonna be like hey man that's gay but like hey man that's hella gay um but yeah so like I don't like but like Disney you know Disney and Lucasfilm have the the ultimate creative control and so like what they're doing with their characters and to their actors and to their to their writers and directors is like because they want to you know release it internationally or whatever it's just like it's such a cop-out it's such a just do it you know like nike said man just do it and uh, um, I just Googled it, and Star Wars The Last Jedi has stumbled in China with a mediocre $28.7 million opening weekend. <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> uh, so, Disney, if you're listening to this podcast... Because I know you are. Yeah. Uh, China doesn't is care not going to... doesn't care about Star Wars, so make them gay. <laughs> yeah. And that is that on that. That. um yeah pretty much i mean that's that's what it is man just making things more inclusive oh and i just another talking point because i it's not on the outline Mm -hmm. but they have uh i don't know if you you probably don't know this uh like it like you said you're only like a movie watcher Mm -hmm. but Star Wars Resistance, let's talk about this for a second. Star Wars Resistance, which is a, a show that they play on the Dis- on um, Disney, like, so it's literally for kids. Right. Um, they have two characters on there. They're aliens, and they're gay. Mm-hmm. It was not, it's not in canon, it's not in the media, but the creators have come out and the actors have come out and said, yes, you are reading this correctly, they are gay. Mm-hmm. What are the ramifications? Uh, like, how does that to me that's make you feel thing. for like? That's the same thing as like the actor saying it, or like, um, 
like again i'm i'm just like a big fan of referencing other things um in uh, i think it's nbc's the good place um the creators have come out and said that eleanor is bi but she's never said it explicitly on the show and so all of the reasons that we think she's bi as lgbt people are is treated as a joke on the show it's all one-liners that are like said to be funny and if she confirmed it in canon and was like legitimately i am bisexual it would be it would make all of those jokes quote unquote jokes not jokes anymore that's it's not a joke at the expense of the lgbt people there's a really big difference between a gay person or a bi person making one of those jokes and a straight person making those jokes and so for like i said earlier i don't care about authorial intent i don't care if you're gonna come through and say that these characters are gay like it doesn't matter because you didn't show it in the canon you didn't tell me that you didn't you know you never told me that dumbledore had a relationship with a man jk you can't just say like 10 years after the fact that he was gay because you want to add representation and give yourself your clout like it doesn't work that way if you don't say it in canon it doesn't mean anything to me other people might not feel that way but to me that's how it feels it feels like a cop-out it feels like a coward's way out um but like i definitely agree yeah um and like that's queer coding which isn't as bad as queer baiting but i also feel like it still isn't super helpful because what we like i'm not saying that every lgbt person has to be out to every person that they know right like that's not realistic I, you know, you as an LGBT person, like the general you, you don't owe anyone an explanation of your sexuality or your gender. You don't owe anyone that. And so if you don't come out to every single person that you meet, then that's fine. But there's no reason not to have fictional characters do it. There's no reason. If you're going to make bi jokes on your show, there's no reason for you not to explicitly say that that character is bisexual on the show. There's no reason for it. And so like, it, it's like you, these characters are coded as queer, but they're not actually ever explicitly stated as queer. And that, to me, is a form of queer baiting. So I think I hope that I answered your question. No, you did. Okay. Um, <laughs> you did. I mean, you're you're like the person I go to about these things because, yeah. like I said, I I'm I am pretty much I'm pretty much heterosexual. So yeah. <laughs> like you know, things don't affect me in the same way. And it, right. it's, it's, it's important to know, or I mean, how can, how can I be a true ally if I'm not willing to learn right. about. And like take that extra moment to read about yeah. it or talk and about to understand. It. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm glad I'm, I'm glad that we had this conversation and I'm glad that hopefully, um, the people that are listening to this uh, get something out of it too um, because it's it is something that is happening and it shouldn't happen mm-hmm. and we don't deserve this mm-hmm. I mean and I and I mean that in every like mm-hmm. whoever ships this ship mm-hmm. does not deserve it right um, because we're putting our our hearts into it um, I love Finn and Poe so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I read the fic. I I look at the fan art. I buy these things with them on it because it is it means something to me. Mm-hmm. It would mean something to me to have these people 
be in a relationship. Right. Um, and, and maybe it's something because it's, it's something that I want for myself. You know what I mean? Like I want to love like they do. Mm -hmm. I want someone who has only known me for 10 minutes to run and be like, you're alive. (laughs) And I missed you. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I, I see it and it's beautiful and it could be beautiful and it has all the makings of being something beautiful and great and I want it. Yeah. I want us I want that. Exactly. And and this is just me as a straight person. Right. Like this is me just as a straight person wanting somebody to love me. You know what I mean? Yep. It would be So it would be a really like it's a much more intense experience if you're actually gay. Yeah, and we just it and like I said, it's it's a it's we need those stories like you said, we need those stories where their sexuality really doesn't have anything to do with the plot. Yeah. You know, it's like yes, they love each other, moving on. You know, there's this big whole there's a war going on, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like I could just like talk about how much this this angry this makes me mm-hmm. and how sad it makes me and and I just I don't want to do that anymore. Right. <laughs> I just want to I just want to see it and I just want it to have to happen and I just want to embrace it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have my feelings validated. Yeah, and have just like yeah, just have everything. <clears throat> Just give us what we deserve. What after, you know, decades of terrible, mediocre heterosexuality, heterosexual movies, give us what we deserve, which is, you know, gay gay movies don't have to be good. <laughs> they just have to be there. <laughs> There's plenty of terrible straight movies. I'm looking at you, Hallmark Channel. <laughs> uh, that's another problem with representation. Yeah. Like, it's held to such do, a high standard. Why do... Yeah, why do only white people celebrate Christmas on the Harmony? <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought but, about that, actually. Uh, no, I have. I have because I love Hallmark Channel mo- Christmas movies, but they're all painfully white. They're so straight. It just, just that sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think uh, we're going to end the episode here. It's just. Uh, Sounds good. Um. We had a good discussion. I learned a lot. Yeah. And uh, I hope everybody else listening has learned a lot. And I don't know. Maybe we need to band together and, fight the and good say fight. no more. <laughs> I don't know. Good fight. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, queer baiting is a thing. And it's not um, great. It's no, it's it's bad. Yes. And you may not think it's bad for you, but it is. Mm-hmm, as mm-hmm, Liz mm-hmm so eloquently outlined so let's uh yeah let's fight that good fight and keep pushing for more representation um let's do it uh so before we uh before i close it off liz Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um if people want to friend you on the internet or 
or find you and and maybe want to have more discussions about this with you where can they find you on the internet my twitter handle is lizito l-i-z-z-i-t-o with a little underscore at the end because the person with lizito no underscore is an egg and hasn't updated in like 12 years and i'm really upset that twitter won't release their username to me (laughs) um and then um on Instagram, Lizito, no underscore. And on Tumblr, it's um, slow show with two double sets of W. So um, I don't know if you want to put, you can put links down there, but slow show with two extra sets of Ws. That's me. Um, mostly and- I'm thinking about hockey and Shits Creek. So if you're not into those two things, there's no, um, you know pressure to follow me but i am really funny and really great so feel free she is hilarious thank you so much i i that's like legit one of the reasons why we've been friends so long she makes she makes me laugh and and like i said she's she's great if you ever want to have deep important conversations and i know stuff about Um, other stuff too so i'm I'm not as well-rounded as i was when i was studying in school but i'm still pretty well-rounded i know a lot of things (laughs) (laughs) um and as always you can find me on instagram and on twitter at celestial intent uh and i'll also link to that in the the show notes and if you are um so inclined i will also link some of the articles that i shared with liz and and that are in our outline uh, with you guys. If you want to take a look at them and read them, they're very interesting. Um, I'll see you guys uh, next time. Uh, I'm working on an episode with uh, an old guest um, talking about, I'm going to be talking about the history of Star Wars shipping. So look out for that soon. Uh, And yes, this is Adriana signing off from Starships on the Clashing Sabers Network. Bye, everyone. Bye. Starships is a Clashing Sabers production, but claims no right to any licensed sounds, names, etc. All that stuff belongs to the original creator. We just use them for informational and educational purposes only, and to make the show a little bit more fun. Basically, if they made it, it's theirs. If we made it, it's ours. Now, if you got that all figured out, we got some moof milker who installed a compressor on the ignition line we gotta take care of. Hey, move, ball. <laughs>